This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN New York. Good Sunday afternoon, everybody. Thanks for stopping by the Larry Hardesty Show here on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Also via X, formerly Twitter. At Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Oh, we have company today. Yes, we do. We have company. Rich Samini will join us at one. We'll get his thoughts on the Jets and the Carolina Panthers yesterday. And Jay Bromley will join us at two. We'll get his thoughts on the Giants and the rest of the National Football League. Tom and Harvey along for the ride for the next couple of hours. So let's have a little fun. Kick back. You know what we do on Sundays. Talk a little Talk a little sports, play a little music, have some fun. And I see uh, the man from ESPN has already hit me up on X with um, a boombox, two-speaker boombox from back in the day. Uh, he must have known something because we've got some old-school hip-hop that we're going to throw your way throughout the show. Just a couple of, just a couple of uh, tunes to take you back. Just, just a few, just a few. Don't worry, they've been edited. They've been edited. It's okay. There'll be no foul language on the Sunday on the Larry Hardesty show here on 987 ESPN. Although, I must admit, I could start out with some foul language on this show. If I had been invested in yesterday's Met doubleheader. Oh my God, how bad it has gotten. We suck. No, it's worse than that. It's worse than that. They're not competitive. And Larry Brooks had a great article in the Post over the weekend. Yeah, I know he does hockey, but he's a great baseball guy too. And rivalry, this is no longer a rivalry with Atlanta. Okay, it's not. It's not. It hasn't been a rivalry for a while. This is no longer a rivalry. And right now, it is, it's like, it's like the Mets going up to swing with no bats in their hand. 21 to 3, sitting most of the starters in the first game. Six home runs given up by the Met pitching staff. It was an embarrassment. It's the worst home loss in Met history. Do you know how bad this team started out in the early 60s when they were first brought in, first started? as a National League franchise to replace the Giants and the Dodgers? Do you know how bad this team was? This team regularly lost over 100 games a year. Regularly. And this was the worst home loss in Met franchise history? And if that's not bad enough, we got whispers coming from the Met clubhouse. Whispers. Verlander was a diva. Diva. Now that he's gone, he was a bad guy. <laughs> now that he's gone, he was brutal. Nobody liked him. He always talked about the analytics were better in Houston. Everything is better in Houston for pitchers. <laughs> That's why everybody that pitches there is so great. Everything is better in Houston for pitchers. Be it spider tech, be it numbers, be it banging on drums, be it Apple phones, be it whatever it is, microphones, whatever. 
I don't know what they're doing now. Maybe they don't have to. But they admit it. So we know stuff has gone on. So everything is better in Houston. And listen, he wasn't wrong. So now that everything is sinking, everybody's got something to say. Well, some people off the record have something to say. Oh, well, Verland and Scherzer, they didn't get along when they were in Detroit. And they came here and they didn't really get along. Hypothetically, hypothetically, if that's correct, didn't the Mets know that before they brought him here? And if that made a difference, and maybe they didn't know, and they said, well, listen, they're grown men. <laughs> both of them, both of them almost making their age in salary. They'll work it out. Well, they didn't work it out. The Mets have lost 10 of 12 since the trade deadline. 10 of 12 since saying goodbye to Robertson, Scherzer, and Verlander, along with Fam and Connor. Here was Buck Showalter after yesterday's first game doubleheader loss. No, it's hard, but, uh, you know, they're trying. Fortunately, we got a game to take away that feeling here for too long. That's the way I look at it. And uh, stuff when, you know, Denny gave us everything he could there. We took him as far as we could. You know, innings are at a premium. Same way with Garrett, uh, with Reed, but uh, obviously got away from us. Just not doing it much offensively until Bogey's home run. It's been a real challenge for us to get some people out there. We just can't, you know, can't make it work for us. And then, and then, to add Insult to injury. Tom Harvey, you can't you, you you can't believe this. You can't believe this. Only the Mets. There was a pitcher that the Mets drafted in 2018, 17th round draft pick, left unprotected, selected by Atlanta in the 2021 Rule 5 draft. Okay. Winans comes out and shuts down the Mets in the nightcap of the game. Nightcap of the doubleheader. Shut them down. I mean, Carlos Quintana has not pitched badly. If we're looking towards next season, he's going to be uh, one of the staples in that rotation, along with Senga. So I think you've got two, two-fifths of your rotation set. And you have to go out and figure out what you're going to do with the rest. You figure out whether it's going to be, you know, whether you're hitting the free agent market, whether you think uh, Peterson could possibly be at the back end of that rotation. McGill, I'm not, I'm really uneasy about because I just don't, you know, I, he, he was better than he was in the minor leagues, which is a slight encouragement, but I just don't trust him now. I, I really don't. And he, he just, he can't seem to be consistent in the majors. But only, only the Mets would have that happen to them. To Atlanta. Atlanta picks him up. And we, look, going in, do we understand that Atlanta is one of the best teams in baseball? Yes. Do we understand that Atlanta has the best record in baseball? Absolutely. Do we, did we know that the Mets, when they're at full strength with a lot of talent, circle back to last September, didn't beat, the, didn't beat Atlanta? Then, yeah, we understand. Now, Met fans will say, but Larry, listen, earlier in the season, we whipped them and we thought it was over. We whipped them. We whipped them here. We took, we took them to the woodshed and we whipped their tail. 
But when it really mattered in September last season, they got the Mets back. And they are, what, 20? I mean, I I need fingers and toes to count how far they are behind Atlanta in first place. And obviously, with this roster, there's no comparison. And I understand that. But all I'm asking for is a little competitive baseball. And I've not gotten that in this series against Atlanta. Maybe it'll change today. But ultimately, ultimately, doesn't really matter because this season's over. It's done. And what you're doing now is you're evaluating your young talent to see what's going on and what's happening and who's going to be here, who needs more work, or who needs more seasoning, and whatever, who, who could possibly be on this roster next season from the young from the young players to spread it out to make the to make up the rest of that roster. And I understand it and I deal with it. But twenty one to three after being shut out the night before is it's 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 unconscionable how badly this team has performed of late. It's, it's, I can't, I I just can't, I can't put it into words. I can't. Let's move on. The Yankees are really toying with some fans' emotions. (laughs) I mean, they are. They're just toying with fans' emotions. After just looking so good against the Marlins on Friday night, you come back and you score one run yesterday. One. One run. Now look, I get that you're up against the defending Cy Young Award winner. But you, the players seem to think they're still in this. And honestly, as a Yankee fan, that's what you want them to say. You don't want them to say, we don't have a shot. You don't want them to say, we're done. Now, they may look that way <laughs> on occasion. And when you're not playing well, you don't look great. I don't care what you're doing. But once again, you have to win today if you still if you have any thought process of just hanging around you have to win today now i must admit if i were a yankee fan like tom and harvey i would be rooting for them to lose because i do think losing and being under 500 would be the cause for change that needs to happen over on River Avenue in the Bronx. I do believe that would cause a reaction where things would have to change. Now, will it change Brian Cashman? I don't think so. But it might put him to task and make him understand from upper management that, okay, we've tolerated a lot of these mistakes. You're, we're reining you in some. 
and you got you have to do something better than this. This is unacceptable to pay this amount of money and have a lineup like this out there consistently. And they have no margin for error. So what slim chance you have, what slim chance you have at the postseason, you just kiss it goodbye every single day you don't win. And you're playing against teams that you should beat. And oh, by the way, the Yankees have a date with Atlanta coming up shortly. (laughs) And let me tell you, from firsthand experience, this Atlanta team is no joke. No joke. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Chatting with you at 1-800-919-3776. Continuing with the Yankees. Let's hear from Aaron Boone from after the game yesterday. Here's Aaron Boone on what did you see from Michael King in the early innings. Gets a broken back from Chisholm first pitch of the game, then executes against Bell, and then throws a really good kind of inside corner fastball to Arise, and then he yanked two pitches in that inning for me. It's it's the Arise pitch where he's trying to go away, and he kind of yanks and cuts into middle in for the homer. I thought he did an okay job with the next two guys, with Dela Cruz, Berger, kind of the broken bat finds the hole against him, and then Sanchez, he yanked the ball down and in uh, where he's trying to go away too. So it's really the the one Arise pitch, and that, that obviously hurt so here's the other thing that the Yankees are struggling with okay there's so many injuries to the starting rotation listen I have always thought that they would find a way they've always been just right near hanging right near that wild card situation for that last wild card but with the injuries they've had to their rotation and the lack of offense I I don't see it I I don't see it I don't see how they're going to do it how are they going to get this done to get to the postseason? They're not. It's done. And so, and we always talk about this here, always. Hopefully, once again, if you're a Yankee fan, hopefully they will look, management will look in the mirror at this team and they will say, we have to make changes here. You can't go by, well, we lost this starter, we lost that starter. You know, Cortez, we lost, we didn't have him. We didn't get, we're just getting Loisica back. It's August, we didn't have him. Uh, Cortez has been out. Uh, Severino has been brutal. We didn't know he was going to be this bad and injured. And Rodon was hurt, he came back, wasn't effective, got hurt again. Montas, we haven't seen since he's been here, he's in witness protection. All the situations that you talk about with this Yankee pitching staff. Oh, well, look, Donaldson, we expected a big year from him, but he was injured. And the judge, we lost X amount of year, X amount of days because he was out. Uh, stop. Stop. You have to realistically look at this roster and the moves you have made previously. And you have to say, This is not going to get it done. We have to turn things around in certain positions. Now, I get you have issues with contractual deals that you can't do anything about. Giancarlo Stanton is not leaving this town (laughs) for a while. Okay? For a while. 
DJ, it is what it is with him. So priorities are, first of all, you got to get a left fielder and you got to get a third baseman. And the original idea, the original thought process that you had with DJ LeMahieu when you brought him here was we could put him, he, he doesn't have a regular spot in the lineup, but he could play here, he could play there, he could play. Well, he's got to go back to that spot. Because unfortunately, he's not able to play a lot. His availability has not been good over the past couple seasons. He has taken a step back. Now, I don't know what Rizzo is. I don't know who he's going to be. Hopefully, when he comes back, he'll give you maybe a, a, an idea of that he possibly could be back to where he was. But, I mean, come on, let's be honest. He's going to be a year older. So what Rizzo are you getting? So you're kind of locked in at first base too. Now, you know, you can do some things with them. You know, you maybe, maybe you could platoon them or do something that's a lot of money. But, you know, once again, DJ could be your utility guy. You pass him around, pass him around wherever he plays. He's here. But you got to get a, an everyday left fielder, and you have to get an everyday third baseman. It's priority. This don't because your offense is abysmal. Aaron Boone was it the gut punch to score one run after loading him up with a lot of runs the previous night. I mean, we need wins, so I mean that's this time of year when you lose a lose a ball game. You know that it's that sting. You know, I don't know about gut punch just because you realize you're up against a guy that's really capable, and when he's executing at the level he is, I mean. But for us, it's about getting wins right now. So we need we know we need to rack those up, and when you don't follow up a really strong performance, you know where you get held down. You know, again, not that we didn't play well, we just we got held down by a, a pitcher on top of his game that. Okay. Yes, that's true, but it's all it has happened all too often during this season. Even when you haven't had a pitcher on top of his game. Even when pitchers have tried to walk the ballpark and give you runs, you've not scored. And yeah, you need wins. There's no question about it, but you're not gonna get them with this offense. I'm sorry, you're just not. It's 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 not happening. And so once again. It's about moving forward. It's about what are we going to do? It's about we got to make changes with this roster. And you have a major decision to make with Glaber Torres because he has been one of the hottest Yankees over the past month, six weeks. It's the best time to move him. In the offseason, it's the best time to move him. I'm sorry. You got to move him. You don't know whether he's going to hit like that again for you next season. You don't know. Which is the real Glaber Torres? Which is it? He hasn't come close to the Glaber Torres that you first had this first couple of years here. Not close. This is as close as he's been. Sell high. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> It's the Larry Harsey show on 98.7 ESPN. So I can't believe, Tom and Harvey, it's been 50 years. I get to the calls in a second. 50 years since hip-hop was started. 
I, I just can't believe time is, I just cannot believe time has gone by that, that, far, that, that fast. It's amazing. And I had the pleasure of working alongside, of being a colleague of one of the, the really talented DJs. Unfortunately, he left us all too soon. And when I was working at WBLS, uh, there was another station where the legendary Super Rock and Mr. Magic worked. And Mr. Magic had the great, the legendary Marley Morrow, who's been a, a, a Hall of Famer, okay, in this business. Uh, and all the staff and all the different people like Roxanne Sante and Clark Kent and all the names are just endless of all the people that were surrounded by him and the people that he helped bring, you know, to the, to the world about hip hop. And he was like an underground DJ. And then when he came to BLS, it just went, it went crazy. He just took off, seemed like hip hop took off to a little, it was taking off, but it was even bigger. It got even bigger. And it was just, it's just amazing how to hear how hip hop has evolved and changed and, move to the way it is now when most people were like, Oh my God, we just can't do this. Well, we're not going to hear this. Oh no. What are we doing? What are they saying? What is that? Oh my God, this is the worst possible thing we could have. And, um, it has stood the test of time and it has become, you know, uh, a way of expression for folks who are dealing with life in all different aspects. And so it's just it's just a lot of fun to look back at some of early hip hop and how it's evolved and how it's changed and you know the different people who who have done it and so uh, all the different uh, you know all the different celebrations and concerts and things that we've seen and heard from legendary people Queen Latifah and the list goes on and on and on and on and on um, it's just been great and you know our uh, our input of it and just to see what Peter Rosenberg was a part of it and up at the Yankee stadium on the big concert on Friday night was great. So this is our, just a little, just a little sprinkling, just a little bit of some early hip hop. We'll throw that out during our time with you here on 987 ESPN, not just a touch. We're not doing the whole song. So stop. Well, maybe we'll get you to think about where you were when some of these hits came out. 1-800-919-3776 off to the phones. We go spike is in St. Pete. Spike start us off on the Larry Hardesty show. Well, happy birthday to uh, hip hop. Uh, I remember the beginning of it, and it's uh, up and down, up and down. Now it's a steady diet of genre in every locker room, and uh, it's funny because yesterday I'll give you a quick recap. Mm -hmm. When you get to my age, uh, you have to be careful of one thing and one thing only: don't fall. So we've redone a room in the back. I wanted a boring, long story. Susan did a lot of it with help her and so on and so forth. I'm watching a dog for 10 days for someone, you know, back in that business. And I'm looking forward to the NBA Hall of Fame inductions, which I always find rewarding and reflecting. And I'll get to the baseball in a minute. And I take one bad step and I go from the outside room into the kitchen and I go down and oh. I hit this flush as I could at the same exact time. It hit my head or I ain't making this call. Uh, my, my right knee and my elbow, you know, just splits my knee right out and my head terrible. And, uh, you, you know, that split second, the dog's looking at me like, what are you up to? You know, uh, big, big, uh, mutt dog, about nine, 10 years old, the doll. And, uh, I get up 
And uh, immediately iced it and kept icing it for hours and hours. And I woke up this morning and, and um, it's, it's bruised up pretty bad, but uh, I caught a break. I really caught a break. That's so this okay. is what we... Yeah, hey, I'm thrilled. We got up. Susan said, you feel a little better? I said, absolutely. I mean, I could put, you know, bare weight on it. So anyway, so I didn't get to watch the NBA thing. But as far as the, I'll go back to the baseball. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my best friend is, and we're extremely friendly. And, and the Mets are, the Mets have been done. It, it's a, you have to watch it. It's part of your job. It's part yes. of your responsibility mm-hmm. to watch it. It's, it's got to be gut-wrenching. Ugh. And very, you know, you see a uh, big guy hit home run at thirteen nothing, and I mean they have to charge to charge two admissions for that. They should give you free tickets to a couple of games. It's it's over there. The Yankees they could tease you a little bit, but why they don't bring up two starting pitches from Scranton Wilkes Bar? I, I don't understand. Maybe they're not on a forty man and they have to wait. But my last comment is, and I'm feeling great. So you know, these guys in the company—they're wonderful. They're so dedicated to calling every mm-hmm. show. A couple of—I mm-hmm. mean, a couple of them are just—it's it's wonderful for you, wonderful for you. And uh, so I, I caught up and I watched the three speeches already. And here's here's my take on it. I won't bore you with the details. How I, I felt the same way you did. I looked at Pat Riley, who's a year older than I am. And uh, he had to have some work done on him. <laughs> I mean, you can't look that good. Did you see the, any of it last night? I have not. No, I have not checked it. I okay. recorded it. We'll Pat, watch it a little later. Okay. Pat Riley, there's a shot when Pop's speaking. Because mm-hmm. Pop was the last cut when, when he got drafted by the Nuggets. And they, they wound up keeping David Thompson and you know taking getting Pop out. Pop spends you know forever talking about his career is unbelievable. But last thing, the pan in the audience, and all the guys I saw are, are getting they're middle aged now, put on a few pounds. That's that's typical of it. But the history in that room and in that hall, and I've been in that hall numerous times. It, Larry, if you like basketball, or I know it doesn't have the joie de vie, so to speak, of the Baseball Hall of Fame. I know it's all basketball, but you you pan the room and then you go, is that? You know, yeah. He can't look like that now. You know, some of them let their bodies go, some don't. Because they're, well, you know, they're in their peak form when they're playing. So that was my day. And as far as the baseball goes, look, uh, I'll peek in here and there. I'd like to see the kids. Now, they changed the, the uh, uh, September call-up about five it's or six limited. years ago. Yeah, it's limited now, Spike. Thanks for the phone call. Glad you're All feeling right. better. Um, yeah, you, you can't bring it. There's no more 40-man roster, but you could just empty the minors and bring everybody up. Uh, but, and listen, as far as the Yankees are concerned, they brought up they brought up guys that are starters. They I don't know if they have anybody uh, that they, they trust that is ready for the major league level, but they brought up like three guys. Because of the injuries, they have to bring some guys up. So they've done that part. I'm just curious to see, in September, could we get a Florio sighting? Because once again, look, and I understand that he's been given numerous opportunities, right? And I get he's been given numerous opportunities and he hasn't really produced at the major league level. But I'm serious. At this point, at the beginning of September, can't you just bring him up and say you're staying for the rest of the season and see what he can do? I mean, he was, from what I'm hearing, his average was pretty good in the minors. He had a hot streak. He was rolling. I mean, he's got to be better than what you have out in left field right now. And if he's not, then you you know, then you messed up. <laughs> 
I'm, think about this. If he can't make and stay playing left field on a team that can't score and that an infielder who's never played the outfield has taken most of the reps in left field right now in IKF, who's done a decent job, can't kill him. He's been the ultimate utility guy. He's done everything you've asked for him, asked from him, and he's produced. He's done everything you've asked. And so if you're telling me that Florio can't make this roster, can't be consistent enough to stay up here, under these circumstances, once you get to September, and you'll probably be done by then. I mean, what, what, what are we doing? What are we doing with that kid? Then you need to move on. There's something that's got to be going that you need to move on if that's the situation there. I'm just saying. This is the opportunity. And quickly on the Mets, Vogelbach hit a home run yesterday. Great. Why is he even playing still? Can't we bring some young kids up and give them, rotate the DH slot? I've already seen, he. I don't need him back here. I already know what he brings to the table. Okay, Vientos has looked pretty good at third base. He's gotten some reps. He's gotten a little better. Okay, you can see some promise. You can see that with reps, he'll get better. I don't need Daniel Vogelbach in the lineup. It's over. What are we doing? What are we doing with him? Let me see the kids. Let me see the kids. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's the Larry Hardesty Show on a Sunday on 98.7 ESPN. Chatting with you at 1-800-919-3776. Also via X at Hardesty ESPN and ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Hey, football season is back and you have the chance to be part of the action by winning tickets to Jets training camp, courtesy of your local Honda dealers. Now keep it locked in for your chance to win. Comes up later in the show. Visit your local Honda dealer for a great deal today. Honda is a proud partner of the new York Jets. Ritzamini will join us at the top of the hour. We'll uh, talk a little Jets. Uh, you know, the thought process of how they played yesterday and, you know, what you saw, what you didn't see. And listen, preseason doesn't – preseason – I get the calls in a second. Preseason doesn't mean a thing. I mean, it just doesn't. Here's what preseason means. Preseason means that you're looking for roster spots, practice team, uh, punt team, depth. That's what you're looking for in preseason because – very few starters even play in the preseason anymore. So it's, you're really looking at depth. You're trying to get some of your draft choices, some experience, see how they look. So it, it is. It, there are some things that are important. But really, it's more so what happens now in these workouts, these, these joint practice sessions during the week that lead up to the, to the games on the weekend because that's where most of the number ones are playing. So that's what you really want to talk about. We'll talk with Samini about that as well. Off to the phones we go. Bob's in Jersey. Bob, you're next on 98.7. Hello. Hi, uh, Bob. Since I'm a bad Yankee fan, I have to wonder, should I look at the Yankees too low to, to like lose? Because that way they lose, then maybe change will happen. But even, but even if they lose, Cassie's not going, going anywhere. So what should I do? I should, I should, I should, 
which like every way I do, if I root for them to lose or, for, or like a, or like if they win, nothing's going to happen. Captain will uh, still be there. So uh, what should I do? Well, I'll say this, Bob, and thanks for the phone call. It is a tough situation. I don't know that you can ever root for a team to lose. Now, in the National Football League, you can because usually, okay, that means I'm going to get the number one pick. I'm definitely getting the number one pick if my team loses. So that's why you you know, you know, tank for Tua or you do those things. In the other sports, it's really hard to root for your team to lose. So I say you root for your team to win, but if they lose, okay, they lost. That's the way it goes because ultimately the way the Yankees have played, excuse me, that's what you've done all year. (laughs) You rooted for them to win and they've lost. And you rooted for them to win and they frustrated you. And even though we don't believe Cashman's going anywhere, but if this team is an under 500 team, there's going to be some changes somewhere on, on this, in this, in this equation. And perhaps there will be maybe power taken away, more restrictions put on him. I don't know. But clearly, and Kay talks about it all the time, this is the Steinbrenners, this is the family business for them. And losing money means losing money for yes. It means losing money at the gates for games because when this team doesn't make the playoffs, this is not going to be the 48,500 happy fans at Yankee Stadium in September. That's not going to happen. There's going to be people staying home. There's going to be people trying to sell whatever tickets they have. And the walk-up is going to be non-existent. So, no, there will be changes because it's all about the money. When the money is taken away and you're losing money at the gate and you're losing money in parking and you're losing money at concessions because folks aren't there, they notice. And it may not be cashment. Okay, it may not be, but there might be some more harsher responses to the lack of, you know, progress that you've had with this roster. Hal Steinbrenner said, don't make the playoffs. Things don't go well. He's going to ask the tough questions. Well, if they're under 500 with a roster that's the second highest in baseball, he's going to be more than asking questions. Because as a businessman, you want to win, and you want to show profit, and that's not profitable. David's in Manhattan. What's up, David? Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me on the show. Um, Just want to bounce a couple of things off you with the Yankees, some analogies. Let me like to hear what you have to say about it. I think right now, more than ever, I think the credibility of the Yankee organization is at stake in a few ways. First of all, you really don't know the lifetime you're going to get from Judge. After his surgery, there's no telling what could happen. There could be infections, complications, bad rehab. It's not a guarantee. That's number one. So his time with the organization is is limited. You know, you got to catch lightning while it's in a bottle. I think the atmosphere with the Yankee clubhouse is toxic from the outside looking in. Everyone would love to come to New York and play. But right now with Cashman there and with a guy, you know, with the with the uh, with their coach. I'm sorry. I'm losing my terminology here. Who seems like he's going to be the full guy. Um 
I just think they need to make a, make a decision and the fan base would be satisfied. Strip it down, buy some people out, bring in some new blood and build around George and uh, Judge and Cole, or overspend and try to capture what you have now to forge ahead. But there has to be some type of change. And all change isn't bad. It can be good. Um, but the the energy and the philosophy that they have now, it it's a dinosaur. But what mm-hmm. do you think? I agree with you, David. Thanks for the phone call. You know, uh, legendary broadcaster, great friend, uh, Bill Daughtry, when he was on the air here, used to always say, a new broom sweeps clean. <laughs> a new broom sweeps clean. The older broom may miss some spots. The new broom doesn't miss any spots. I don't know that the Yankees uh, from a franchise are willing to break it down and start over again. I don't know that they would do that. I don't think they can. I don't know that they are in a position to buy out a Stanton's contract, to buy out a LeMahieu's contract, to buy it. I don't think they are. I don't think the Yankees are going, will go the route of Steve Cohen where I'll just buy this player out and trade him and I'll pay most of the salary. I, I don't see that. That's not, that has not been the Yankee way. So I don't know if that's the question. I don't know if that's the solution, rather. The other thing is, uh, here's, here's the question I have back to you. You just said you're not sure about Judge, but you want to build a team around Judge? I don't know. And Garrett Cole, is it? I believe it's next year, guys, that he's got the option out of his contract. Are you going to re-sign him for another five, six years as a pitcher? And you've seen what you're looking at, having what you've gone through with pitchers. And he's been, you've not won a title, but it's not really been because Garrett Cole has not been solid. He's, he's earned his money. He's, especially this season, he's been everything you've asked. He's been everything you've asked. He's performed in the postseason. Yeah, I know the situation in Fenway. I get it. But he's performed, he's performed well. He's been what you've asked for. It's the fact that you haven't produced offensively as to why you haven't won. It's not really been the pitching. It's been the offense. But are you willing now with him on the other side of 30 to go in and sign him for another, what, five, six years? What's the last years of those contracts? What what are the last years of that contract going to look like? What are the last years of the judge contract going to look like? And you kind of be scared. You're looking, is he going to age like Stanton? I mean, Stan's gotten old overnight. It's like a, it's almost like a, it's like watching an, an old boxer get in the ring. I mean, he's just, and I'm not saying he was the greatest athlete ever, but he clearly wasn't like this. But it's the injuries that have attacked his lower body. So that's why he's performing. You see him performing like this. He's really, he's really all, all arm swinging. He really is, and he's got a lot of power when he connects. It's, it's gone. So the Yankees have a lot of, they've got a lot of questions they have to answer. A lot of questions. Marty's in Asbury. Marty, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's up, bud? Love your show, man. Thanks, partner. Um, I, I, I think we have a bigger problem than we realize with this Yankees um, um, payroll and, 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 and this Yankees uh, roster. Um, I mean, if, if, if you just do a little bit of a deep dive, if you really take a look at these contracts, with Stanton at $32 million, takes up about 12% of their payroll. You got LeMahieu at $15 million, Servino at $15 million. Glaber's a free agent or, or about to be a free agent. You have um, uh, 
uh, Rodon at $27 million, Donaldson $25 million. They have about a hundred and hundred and four to $108 million worth of bad contracts out there. Um, and, and I just don't see um, this ownership um, writing checks like the Mets will write checks to, to, to right some of these wrongs. I mean, every GM is going to make a bad bet on players. Um, and, and I just don't think that the Yankees are, or are going to buy themselves out of these bad contracts anymore. I think they're just going to let time wash them away, hopefully fill them in with a new player, and then get rid of these you know, troubled assets. But it's not going to be anytime soon. This is going to be a three- to five-year venture with the way that this current uh, roster set up. I just don't see it any other way. I just wanted to see what your opinion was on it. Well, Marty, with some of the players, you're right. Thanks for the phone call. With some of the players, you're right. But Donaldson comes off this year. Uh, I can't see any way they're going to re-sign Severino, so he'll come off this year. Uh, Bader's going to be a free agent. You forgot about him. What do you do? Are you going to sign him? I don't know. See, the tricky thing with him, when he's available, he produces, but he's got it. I mean, you traded for him and he was hurt. <laughs> you traded for him while he was hurt. Okay? So, I mean, is he your future in center field? I don't know. Are you going to sign him to, what, a five-, six-year deal, knowing of his injury history? What do you do there? You mentioned Glaber. What do you do with Glaber? Do you, do you move him? Is it, I don't think you're going to resign him. Are you? But you're right, LeMahieu, you, you can't do anything with that. Stanton, you can't do anything with that. But you are getting some relief. Some of these bad contracts are coming off the book. Rizzo, you can't do anything with either. So what you have to do is, you're right, it's a process. It's not one of those, we're going to go out this offseason, we're going to buy this one, this one, this one, and this one, and then we're going to be world champion again. No, it's not, it's not going to be that easy. What they'll have to do is, once again, for me, on the outside, not a Yankee fan, on the outside, for me, you gotta get a left fielder. You gotta get a left fielder. And you gotta get a third baseman. Those are your priorities. And it would be nice. No disrespect to Higgy. No disrespect to the Yankee catchers. But can you get a catcher that also hits? Higgy on the off day, balancing a really offensive minded catcher, it's okay. But when you have nothing out of the catching position offensively, that can't be, that's not good. It's not good. When we return, Rich Amini and I talk J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN.